So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Okay, hey everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. You know, <clears throat> I was thinking about something today. I was thinking about Amy Grant's song, Angels Watching Over Me. Because that's like one of the only, well, it's not really one of the only angel songs out there. And then I was thinking about the Anaheim Angels. Yep, the baseball team. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but I am. I actually used to live by Angel Stadium. (laughs) I did. And then this year, I think it was, I talked to Roma Downey. You know, the woman that was touched by an angel. Oh my gosh, that was interesting. In fact, I still have her book right here. Very interesting woman, I might add. Yeah. And you know what? Next month is Christmas. So we're going to be singing songs like Angels We Have Heard on High and other stuff. Yeah, we are. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. <laughs> and Harold the Angel, you know. Just saying. Anyway. The, lesser, the lesser known angel. I mean, we all know Gabrielle and uh, Michael, and, but Harold, Harold, of course, has been lost. And maybe our guest today will be able to fill in that gap. We don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, hey, you guys, welcome to the show. Today we are actually going to be talking about angels, in case you couldn't figure it out from my silly introduction here. The most silliest introduction ever. All right, so do me a favor, you guys. Share this out on wherever you're at, and we will go ahead and get started with our guest momentarily here on Bible News Radio. All right. Hey, Stephen. I see you in there. And Cheryl is there, too. Hey, Cheryl. Nice to see you in there. All right. I think some people are like, hey, why are you on early? I'll tell you why, because I want more time with my guest. That's why. So I'm going to go ahead and share this over on Facebook, as always. And then we'll jump into our interview here with Dr. Michael Heiser, the expert guest today on Bible News Radio. Hey, nice to see you. All right. Join us now with your angel questions. Okay, there we go. Now we're saved. Either that or we're under heavy conviction. (laughs) That's not funny. Did you ever hear that joke? You're in church and you... Everybody always has their own seat. You know? You ever wonder why? Because people are territorial. True story. There's actually research about it. About how people are territorial. And um, if you dare like sit in somebody else's seat, they'll get upset with you. And so that's why I always say, is this seat uh, saved, you know? And I've never had anybody say, no, it's under heavy conviction, but I actually read that somewhere and I thought it was really funny. So that's a really bad joke you can share if you'd like at some party this year, just so you know. Yeah. Okay. I have another joke I could tell you, but we'll spare you. (laughs) 
My husband will shoot me if I do. All right, everybody. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about angels. And we're going to talk about this brand new book. It's called What the Bible Really Says About God's Heavenly Host, a.k.a. Angels. Right here. This is by Dr. Michael Heiser, who is a very esteemed, well, well um, highly educated man, actually. I'm going to read you what the back here says. Okay. It says here. Michael S. Heiser is the author of numerous best-selling books, including The Unseen Realm, Supernatural, The Bible Unfiltered, and The Facade Saga. He is a scholar in residence at Faith Life Corporation, a regular contributor to Bible Study Magazine, which, by the way, you guys, is an awesome magazine, uh, and served as the editor of the Faith Life Study Bible. He earned his Ph.D. in Hebrew Bible and Semitic languages and holds an MA in ancient history and Hebrew studies. So that gives him lots of credibility about the language and understanding of, of, of the Bible and, you know, all that stuff. And um, he, he works at Lagos, I believe. Is, is that faith life? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. Okay, that's what I thought. Anyway, this is his second time on our show, first time on video, and uh, we're really glad to have you back. So welcome to the show. Glad you're yeah, here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me again. Well, I'm honored and touched that you would come on our show again. So. Well, glad to do it. You know, the uh, for for the sake of your listeners, Faith Life is the new corporate name. It. I don't oh. think they had it when I was on the, uh, the show the first time, but uh, they adopted a corporate name because they were doing more than software and then the software company got nestled in under the corporate entity so it's still logos but it's a lot of other things too okay that explains why because i was working with a guy from logos to do some advertising and it kind of just fell (laughs) i don't know what happened it was like all of a sudden it was gone like whatever so that's okay but anyway it's it's corporate ease (laughs) yeah well but that's so cool i mean it really is okay so people who don't know you and unfortunately a lot of people probably in my audience don't know who you are but you know they did they'd be like hey you got theological royalty on your show right now you know uh (laughs) have you ever that's what you need to put now after your name, theological royalty. Yeah. Right up yeah, there with I'll, Spurgeon. And I'll, other... I'll add that. That'll really help. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell people a little bit about your background, because not everybody like knows Hebrew, but let alone studies it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I became a believer when I was 16. And I was the only uh, Christian in my family. My parents thought I had joined a cult. I have lots of good stories about how that worked itself out. Um, but eventually, you know, I, I, uh, gravitated toward studying scripture, you know, in a really concentrated way. I uh, went to seminary for a while, wound up going to grad school and, you know, got the degrees that you just mentioned. I taught a lot, uh, on the undergrad level in, on the green campus, you know, the physical campus, taught a lot of distance ed on the seminary level. Uh, Liberty was was probably the biggest, most well-known entity that I, I taught for in distance ed. Hmm. So I've got about 20 years of that, you know, under my belt. But, you know, I, I've been at Logos for 14 years. My lofty title now is Scholar in Residence, which they let me make up. <laughs> it's like, okay, what's a good title other, th- other than the one you had, which we're giving to someone else? I used I used to be academic editor, but I never actually edited anything. That was a title they made up. So there's a lot of that at Logos. You just sort of make up your titles. 
And, you know, when there was one other guy in the building that had scholar in residence and I liked the way it sounded. So I said, well, let's use that one. They said, okay, why not? Um, you know, so I've been there 14 years and I've done a variety of things. What I do now mostly is write. I write for the magazine. I write reference content. I write books, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, th I think that's cool. I, I kind of, I like the title, you know. I also have two pugs. I have two podcasts and two pugs, several websites. I mean, I, I, I'm all over the, the internet, whether I like it or not. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. You know the drill, so. I do too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all over the internet. I try not to be, but I am. Like, there I am. <laughs> um, I actually, I, it's kind of like, it's funny your title story, because years ago I did telemarketing, and I was like, I'm a telemarketer. And the guys, the guy that hired me was for a company called Church Growth Development International, which I don't think exists anymore. But he's like, well, I'll give you a different title. I said, okay, what is it? He says, how about communications director? And I was like, yeah, I'm a communications director. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> a glorified, right. you know, name for a telemarketer. But anyway, all right. So here's. Well, mine's a glorified name for geek. So, you know, you're doing okay. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I appreciate that. Okay, so let's look at your book. Earlier today, I put on my Facebook page, I actually asked this question. Um, and I'm going to read it to you. I wrote the question. I know I have to look down, honey. Okay. Have you ever had an encounter with an angel? Be and I, I've gotten... I've gotten, I don't know how many answers here. I have like, I don't know, about seven or eight answers. People who, who've left their angel story. Uh, I, I like angel stories. I mean, if you, you want to jump into some of those, feel free. But. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll share with you mine. Okay. I've, I've had a couple, but now we have to, t we have to determine if it's biblical or not. Right. But here's mine. Okay. So mine is that. Um, and I know some people are like, what you had? Yeah, I think I've encountered numerous angels, but one in particular really stood out to me. I was probably about, I don't know, 25 or something. I wasn't, no, it was before I was married. So it was before I was married. So it was early twenties. And one day I, I was in river, I was in Riverside, California. I was driving at rush hour traffic and I actually, um, was at one of the busiest intersections in the street. I came up to a light and my little car died on me, completely died. And I was like, great. And this was before cell phones. So nobody had a cell phone. Anyway, long story short, this older man got out of a car and he said, can I help you? My, my daughter, he actually called me. That it was weird. It was so weird anyway. Yeah. And, and I said, sure. Yeah. And he said, okay, let's get your car and pull it over. Let's see if we can push it across the intersection and pull it over to the side of the road. So I said, okay. So, uh, so we did. And of course I wasn't scared because there was a gazillion people around. I mean, it was traffic going this way and that way. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we pulled over, he looks under the hood and he says to me, I think it's your radiator. I said, okay. He said, let me, uh, you stay here. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to go get you some water because it looks like your car overheated. I guess, I don't know if cars still do that, but <laughs> mine did. And it was 20 something years ago. Uh, anyway, long story short, he came back eventually. Uh, it didn't take him long to come back. And uh, he put water in my radiator. And um, and I turned and I said to him, I said, you know, I want, you know, thank you for, for doing this. You know, by the way, what's your name? And I swear, this was the weirdest thing. 
he looked at me. He said, my name's Gabriel. And there was this weird twinkle in his eye. And literally, before I could say anything else, he was gone. I mean, gone. Just like the car was gone. He was gone. I mean, and there was no way because there was like traffic everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. There, there was no way he could have. It was weird. So, but, so I kind of think that was an angel. Well, I mean, did you actually see him just disappear or, or did you turn your head and then he was gone? I mean, either way, that's I, pretty I, spectacular. Yeah, I turned, I turned my head and he was, he was literally gone. Wow. Like the car was gone because he was in a car. He, yeah, he I mean, was he in a car. car. Yeah. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, that, that sounds like it qualifies. <laughs> yeah, but I've never forgotten that. It's, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, and it was just the way it was just a really it was it was a calm this guy was calm and he was like i'm gonna take care of you and yeah it was just weird <laughs> but that's mm -hmm. and i've had some other ones too but that's the one that really stands out to me the most yeah well I, i've never had anything like that that i that i would know uh is sort of a an angel intervention although i i, I have had one or two things that i suspect um, and it, it wasn't anything visual, but I, I still suspect it. And here, I'll just tell you the story. Here's why. So I was basically, I went through graduate school, like no one should go through graduate school. Uh, I didn't have a, a choice in it though. I mean, I, I worked full time. I was always working 40 or 50 hours a week. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that you don't mention in your department. It'll probably say you, sh you can't do this. You know, you're, you know, you can't come here. You just, so it, it was it was just a, it was a chess match, you know, the, the whole way for, for 15 years, really through a couple of grad school programs, including my doctoral program. So I was always, you know, rushed to go here and there and just sort of slapdash, you know, stuff together. And I was on my dissertation and I was just really stuck at one particular part of my dissertation. And I had a few minutes and I looked at the, there was something that I, you know, picked up on in some article and I looked in the card catalog and yeah, yeah, the library's got that. And it's like, it sounded like that was just the perfect thing, you know, to, to solve my problem. So I had 10 minutes, I drove over to the library, I went in and I, I'm at the shelf and literally in, in all these books, it's the only empty spot, which <laughs> the one I was looking for. And, and so I looked at the end of the aisles where people put books that they had pulled out and used nothing. Everything's empty. And I was just feeling so discouraged. And I turned around and there was one other book that would have been behind me where I was looking for the one I thought I needed. And it was just askew a little bit. And so I don't know what made me pull it out, but I pulled it out. I flipped it open and there was a chapter on precisely the thing I needed. Now, I had that happen two or three times, and it got to the point where I wouldn't leave the library until I looked at the shelf behind me and the ones on either side of what I was looking for. Because it's like, you know, and in my imagination, I'm thinking, you know, there's there's the guardian angel thing. It's like, oh, Heiser's showing up the library again. We got to make sure he turns left instead of right. You got to get him to the right thing or he's going to mess it up, you know. So it's like, let's help this dunderhead, you know, get through his dissertation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, again, I just had these weird sort of like finding what I was never looking for. Mm -hmm. 
and the stuff I was looking for wasn't available kind of moments that, that just felt random. I mean, if it was one, it might be random, but again, I had two or three of these Mm -hmm. that were just precisely what I was looking for. So, you know, again, I didn't see anybody, there was no, you know, appearance of of, of anybody, but it was just like, I I really felt directed Mm -hmm. is the best way I can put it steered, you know, to, to find something. I, I believe it. I think, I think that's interesting. Randall had a similar, a similar kind of weird story, something kind of, he was trying to, he was, he was helping a a hitchhiker or he was, he was going to evangelize a guy. Do you want to tell him this? Cause this is, this Randall shares this all the time. And I, hear him okay can you hear it now guys yeah periscope's like nope can't hear you (laughs) all right well okay yeah all right so anyway was in a was in an unfamiliar town stopped for dinner and i'd asked the lord this that morning for to send someone to me uh, that i could pray for or you know that i could share the gospel with anyway and several opportunities came out during the day and and uh anyway i basically chickened out of most of those anyway evening comes guy says hey do you know where the bars are at in this town good bars are and you know i said no sorry i'm not from here i don't know and then the holy spirit kind of quickens my heart says that's the guy and i'm like oh whatever anyway don't share with him go out to the car about to leave and um but then I was obviously distracted. The gal I was with said, what's going on? Explained the story. And then was still kind of him and hawing about it. She says, well, either share with him or go. Let's go because we're going to be late. And as is my custom is, is I'm sitting in my car, not ready to go. I'll put my key in my like shirt pocket because um, I'm not ready to go anyway. Just put it there. And I said, yeah, forget it. I'm not going to go back in there. Awkward. Let's just go. When I reached for my key and couldn't find it, I'm like, what the heck? And so I'm checking my pants pockets everywhere around. Cannot find the key anywhere. And I'm just frantically looking for the key. And then as I'm looking all around me for the car key, I look in the rearview mirror and I see this guy walking out right by my car, my pickup there. And so then I called him over and um called him over and so he came to the driver's side window and i turned and i talked with him anyway shared the gospel with him he didn't respond but you know i wrote down my number said if you have any questions call me and as soon as he turned to leave i looked down and my key was hanging out of the top of my pocket and so um you know i turned pockets inside out stuff like that could not find it including my shirt pocket so i don't know if it was just supernaturally hidden from me or just <laughs> taken from me yeah. and then replaced when I was ready to uh, 
go. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah. By the way, Derek Gilbert just retweeted us, so thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh, Derek, I said hi. <laughs> yeah, hi, Derek. Okay, so uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of cool. Okay, one more. Let me read you one of the ones people left, and you can tell me what you think of this. So my friend Denise wrote, another time I had a friend that was in the middle of an intense crisis with her marriage and was concerned about her own personal safety. Every morning for a few weeks, I would drive over to her neighborhood and would walk around her block praying. One particular morning as I rounded the corner and looked up onto her roof, I saw several angels sitting on top of her home. One was standing and two were sitting. The one standing had a shield and a sword. This image literally lasted uh, seconds. I had to do a double take, but on second look, they were no longer visible. A few years later, uh, a prophetic artist came to her with the drawing of an angel that had been protecting her. She showed the picture to me, and I was taken back. This artist had drawn the exact same angel I had seen st standing on her roof. Wow. <laughs> that one, I just, I'm kind of like, you know... It's, I don't know, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think, I think scripture certainly endorses the idea that, you know, we are being watched in, in both a positive and a negative way. Um, you know, we certainly see these episodes, you know, in the Old Testament and the New. You know, we have Hebrews 13 about, verse 2 about, extending hospitality to people because we could be entertaining it, you know, angels unawares. We have Hebrews 1.14 that angels are sent, you know, to, to assist on, you know, on behalf of the believers, you know, those who will inherit salvation and whatnot. It, you know, it, you know, you, you've got the whole, the guardian angel, uh -huh. you know, sort of anecdote in the gospels about, you know, offending the little ones because their angels always, you know, see the face of my father in heaven I mean, what we what we sort of don't realize. I mean, we we know those sort of proof texts, you know, as believers, because they're they're pretty overt. You know, and examples of Paul or Peter or whoever being delivered, you know, by an right. angel in a tight spot. But this is actually part of a much bigger matrix of ideas uh, in in Scripture that uh, I think is really there to reinforce the notion that God you know, not only does not miss any details about our life. I mean, the, the guardian of angel idea is actually hooked into the, the heavenly books idea. And it's more than just the book of life. There are other books. Hmm. And it's not like, you know, if we went to heaven and, you know, knocked over a pile of these books that their pages might be torn and we'd need heavenly scotch tape to fix them. I mean, it's not, you know, we, we don't, we're not literalizing this. It's a metaphor designed to, to communicate the notion that God keeps track of everything it doesn't overlook anything mm -hmm. and he has his intelligent members of the heavenly host you know to to their you know to assist him in in, in this um you know there's just a number of things that sort of intertwine into a matrix of ideas that really say we are being watched we are being providentially cared for mm -hmm. there is a sense that that you know supernatural beings are working on our behalf, even assigned to us, that then they will show up in our lives. And, and what I like most about this is I think it's a really big mistake to think that God is only active in the spectacular, because 
these stories you're relating are just like the stories of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Visually, you know, there's, you know, other than the, the, the vision of the, of the figures on the rooftop, you know, these, these encounters aren't really anything out of the ordinary until they reach a point where something happens that is unusual, or you, in hindsight, you sort of get this inkling that there was something up with that. And, you know, that, that is what we see in scripture, you know, people interacting and like Lot, you know, he doesn't know who these two guys are. There's nothing unusual about them. Now, when they, you know, when they do something that's beyond human means, like striking a city blind, then it's like, oh, well, you know, I guess I guess these two guys aren't just normal guys. Right. You know, it, but there's nothing that would give him a visual cue uh, about this. And that's typically the way it works. And, and I, I like that because I tend to, providence for me is a big deal. Um you know, it is a mistake to view God as only interested in what we're doing in when spectacular things happen. The reality is, is that if we look back on our lives, our lives are the concatenation of lots of things and events, decisions that we didn't even think about. Right. They accumulate, you know, and, and you can see, well, if I'd have made the left turn instead of the right, if I'd have made this decision instead of that one. You know, but but now we can look back and see how these one thing fed into the other. And and if we're really, I think, reflective, we, we realize that, you know, why did I make that decision? It was because of a conversation I had. It was because of something I saw on a sign. It was because of, you know, something I overheard. You know, it's because I ran out of gas. You know, it, you have all these, this whole set of circumstances that just, again, compound to directing and steering us without us ever even thinking about it. And people are part of that. And in, in scripture, some of those people are a little bit more than ordinary people. So I, I tend to think this is a, a, a very biblical idea, but it's, and it's actually a little bit bigger than what we think. Right. Cause we typically don't think about it. Right. You typically don't think about it. Yeah. And okay. So getting back to your book. Okay. People just came in. I know, I know some of you guys. Yeah. We started early. Ha. Psych. <laughs> hey, you would have known if you were on my text message list. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you text three, three, two, wait, no text Bible news to three, three, two, 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 you can be on my list. Um, I, I, uh, only had a half hour with him. So we cut into our setup time just so you guys know. Okay. That's why he's here longer. Okay. Anyway, this is a book. It's called Angels and uh, what the Bible really says about God's heavenly host. This actually covers, uh, let's say, the good angels, right? The, the good guys. The good guys. The We're not yeah. talking about the demonic part. But um, also, I, you know, I want you to give a little bit of an overview because this is really interesting. And then there's a whole chapter on questions that are frequently asked questions that I really want to talk about the whole descending and ascending thing and the wings and all mm -hmm. that stuff, the typical depiction of what people consider an actual angel. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, the subtitle of the book is intentional. Um, yeah. The title's angels, but the subtitle, you know, what the Bible really says about the, you know, God's heavenly host. And I word it that way because not all members of the heavenly host, God's bureaucracy or his entourage, you know, however we want to say that, they're not all angels because angel is actually a job description. It's a functional term. It's not a, 
it's not a term that tells you what a thing is. It tells you what a thing does. It just means messenger. And one of the problems, like, and the angels with wings, you know, kind of thing. And again, I, my point is not that we should be offended by people talking about angels with wings, because I think God can certainly use that because it's just sort of, it's so ingrained in us that why, why not, you know? But when we, when we look at the biblical text, there are no descriptions of angels having wings. And someone will say, well, what about, you know, Ezekiel 1? What about Isaiah 6? You know, the cherubim and the seraphim. And that's where we have the terminology problem. So what I, what I do in the first chapter of the book is, is I look at the terminology and sort of arrange three buckets. Okay, there are terms that are terms of nature. Ontological terms is the fancy academic word for that. It, terms that tell you what a thing is by nature. And examples would be spirits, okay, holy ones. You know, it, it, it describes something about character or nature. Then there are terms that describe sort of rank and hierarchy. Sons of God is one of those. It's actually a, a description taken from royal court imagery in the ancient world. Um, you know, the sort of the, the heavenly, you know, inner circle, usually related to the king. And then you have terms that are function or role or again, job descriptions. That's where angel actually belongs because it's a messenger. Angel is messenger. A cherub and a seraph, these are throne guardians. Again, the, the vocabulary in that case is drawn from ancient Babylonian, ancient Egyptian, and everybody in the ancient world knew what that was. It's a job description. They, they guard the, the sacred presence of the deity or the king, and that's what they do. It's their job. And those are the ones that get wings. Again, that's the way they're always depicted in the ancient Near East. But angels are just guys. You know, it, it, there, there you go. You know, again, like, like with, with Lot, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. You know, Peter and Paul, they, they get, you know, literally, literally touched or punched, you know, shoved by an angel. There's a great TV show right there, shoved by an angel. Yeah. Uh, bullied by an angel. There you go. Um, but they're, they're, they're men. That's, that's how they appear. But we, we in, in Christian tradition, we tend to sort of smash all these things together and not worry about the nuancing. Yeah. There you go. That was a good answer, everybody, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Okay, so I want to let you know here on uh, in the back of this book, there's myths and questions about angels in the, the other chapter. And um, I wanted to bring up uh, one of them. Well, you actually kind of answered that part. How about, okay, wait, let me find a different one. Cause Did you want to go th into the chap into the two possible references of angels having wings? There's one in Zechariah, and then there's Revelation 10. Well, the, actually, the, the one, I mean, that's cool, but the, you talked about the ascending and descending issue. Yeah. And this was the thing that really kind of uh, surprised me. Okay, because okay, so this is angels have wings and they're women, too. Now... <laughs> here's the thing you know touched by an angel the tv yeah. show popularized you know women as as interestingly that show was really popular but you know they depicted angels as female which we know no angel in scripture it was ever a woman or a girl they were, they were always a guy but then the the wing thing you talk about the ascend and descend thing that was so cool i was like oh my gosh i never even thought about that before so yeah i guess I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the passages that people will you know may think of when I say, you know, angels don't have wings is Revelation ten 
the first verse it says, then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. There you have your descent mm-hmm. wrapped in a cloud and a rainbow over his head. His face was like the sun, his legs like pillars of fire. Well, right. what about that, Mike? Well, if you actually look up the word, you know, coming down there, the, the Greek word, it's the same word for the Lord's descent in first Thessalonians four, you know, for the return of Jesus and, and other places as well. So, did Jesus grow wings, you know, while he was gone? I mean, it, just, you know, it, it, what, it what it is, it's a language of, of just, just descent. This being is from heaven. It doesn't tell you any specifics about locomotion or anatomy. Right. It's just this being is coming from heaven. And so you, you can't read that passage and sort of just say that, oh, that means that the angel had wings, because then you'd have to argue, well, that means that Jesus is getting here with wings. Sure, hope he doesn't get one of them clipped on the way down. You know, then he's in trouble. You know, it, again, we we sort of over literalize these things, and we can make them kind of silly and comical. And there's really no need, you know, to do that. It's just where else? How else would you describe one arriving at on Earth? Because the heavens, again, is is God's domain. This is again a a, a typical, useful, understandable metaphor for. God's existence and God's living space, his domain is not, you know, not ours. You know, we, we have a, we have two separate realms here. So the language is, is, I think, perfectly understandable. Yeah, but I had never thought of that before because for some reason, whenever I read that, you know, like, like, for example, when Jesus ascended into heaven. I, I mean, wings on him. <laughs> no, but I mean, I never, I, I've been a Christian for 30 something years and I never thought, oh my gosh, he needed wings to do that. I, I just didn't exactly. occur to me. Yeah. I'm just like, well, how did no, that happen? It never pops into your head there. <laughs> you, you sort of just imagine him ascending. Right. He just goes up. So, so if it works there, why do we have to use the wings back in the other? You know, it just, again, it doesn't make a right. whole lot of sense. Well, here's the thing, you know, everybody, this book honestly you will it will make you think like ways that you've never because dr michael heiser here he actually takes he literally breaks down the words in the hebrew and and all that uh so you can actually see what it is so um yeah okay so now another another one you you uh i thought was interesting and here one of these questions is angels can read minds and manipulate the material world uh here you wrote uh Though there is no scriptural evidence that members of the heavenly host know a person's mind or thoughts the way God does, the question of whether angels can read minds is not as silly as it sounds. The question becomes reasonable in the context of angelic appearances in the mind or consciousness of people via dreams of visions. Such instances, which are obviously scriptural, can be parsed as angels having access to the consciousness of human beings. If they have such access, then... Some would argue that they, by definition, have access to the thoughts already in a person's mind. Now, you know, some people are going to think you're a weirdo for writing that, but can you like <laughs> ex- explain that? Because I, I could tell you another experience I had with a an angel that wasn't like the one I shared earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is where I, I use the, uh, which I'm sure it's by now dated, you know, I wondered about it, but I used it anyway, the the reading and writing to a CD or a DVD, mm-hmm. um, you know, angels may be able to give information, 
Okay. In other words, they have access to people's thoughts, like in dreams. Okay. Dreams is probably the, the easiest place to sort of start discussion. And there are plenty of these examples in scripture. Someone will have a dream and an angel will come to them and say, Hey, I got, got a message for you. Okay. So they can convey and dispense information in that mode. If, if to use, um, use modern language to connect with your consciousness. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they can read things in your head. You, you don't, you don't really see examples of the reverse happening. You have them showing up in a dream. They, they give information, but it's not, you don't have an example where they extract something. Right. Where they learn something that, you know, like you don't want them to learn or something like that. I mean, now, that would almost put them at, at the God level if they could do that, because God does know, you know, our thoughts and every thoughts, but these are lesser beings. But if we look at dreams as though, again, contacting humans and human consciousness, the examples are consistent that they give information, but we don't get instances where they extract. So that, that's how I approach that question in the book. Okay. Aaron says it's like tel tele tele telepathy. I know I'm saying that wrong. Telepathy. Telepathy. Thank you. It's my my speech. That's why I went. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be alarmed. You know that uh, again to think that these beings can read our thoughts. Let me let me take re your listeners back to something a subject in unseen realm. You know the earlier book. And by the way, the difference is unseen realm is a genesis to revelation broad look at the, the flow and scope of biblical theology with an eye toward how the unseen world intersects with the human world, you know, in, in salvation history. Mm -hmm. And this book is a drill down. But one of the things that I talked about was how the, the messianic plan, okay, the actual elements of the plan of salvation, the Messiah would come and die and rise again and so on and so forth. You don't have that laid out uh, anywhere specifically in the Old Testament. Now, we know the story because of hindsight, and we can see how the pieces came together. The pieces are there, but they're never assembled. And I, my view is that this is intentional. I take what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 seriously when he said, had the rulers of this world known and what, what the result would have been, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Rulers of this world is, is language in the New Testament for supernatural powers of darkness elsewhere. So I think Paul's point there is that they weren't supposed to know. There's a reason why the messianic profile is splintered in dozens of places. Mm -hmm. God knew how all the pieces fit together. And he would reveal that after the fact to people who wrote the New Testament. I mean, even in Luke 24, you have the risen Christ standing in front of them in a room. And Luke says that he had to open their minds to understand. I mean, he's standing right in front of them right. and they still don't get it. Well, again, it's not because they're morons. It's because they haven't had the time to look back and then filter what, what the Old Testament said against what they had experienced with Jesus. And they're going to do that. Uh, but that's intentional. Now, here's the here's the point. Jesus tells his followers certain things at certain points. And if Satan or somebody else could have just, you know, scanned a mind, you know, read somebody's mind, they would have had that information. But they don't. So, again, I, I think that's sort of a, a default, maybe an argument from silence, but I think it's an argument by example or by episode 
where it shows us that they're limited in this regard, you know, the kind of access they have. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, I think that's good. They should be limited. <laughs> I mean, you know, just saying, but okay. All right. So, uh, it looks like we only have a couple of minutes left. So, um, Van mom has a question. Uh, they say, I wonder what it means in Hebrews 13 two. Yeah, I think Hebrews 13, too, is a direct reference to Old Testament episodes where people did encounter uh, supernatural beings who were embodied in some cases. Sometimes it's just visual. You know, I, I think of Lot, again, with the two men. Again, they're called men, but they weren't men. They were more than men. They just they just appeared as men. Mm -hmm. You know, even, even Samson, you know, his parents, again, they, they know that something more is going on because of what the... the, the being eventually does with burning up the offering and all that kind of stuff. Gideon is another one. You know, when these episodes begin, there's for all intents and purposes, a man, a person that shows up in the scene, has a conversation. And then there's going to be something that happens that shifts the attention to, well, this is probably not a normal guy. <laughs> There's going to be something that happens or you know, is, is demonstrated. I think that is what Hebrews 13, 2 is talking about. It's the book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews is constantly you know, re-referencing and repurposing the Old Testament. And again, I, I think that's what the writer has in mind, these, these sorts of episodes. Yeah, there, there you go. All right. Uh, technically, well, it's up to you. I have one other question that came in. Do you have time for one more? Sure. Okay. Uh, hey, geez, Magnus is back. Okay, so this person said, are these angels angels or people that are God's messengers? And that's actually a good question because you can see that there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, a <laughs> situation. My dog's really crying. He wants his dinner. <laughs> I didn't give him dinner yet, people. He just got his haircut. So we were going to give him dinner after the show, just so you know. Anyway. Do your pugs do that? Just curious. Oh, my, my, with the pugs, every meal is an event. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> every meal is a, is a reason for excitement and celebration. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, that there are episodes like that. You know, the, the, the question alludes to the fact that sometimes you can't tell. Hmm. And there are episodes like this in scripture, the one that, that, occurs to me immediately is when Joseph is looking for his brothers. Okay. A man shows up and gives him direction. Uh, there are other passages where a man of God shows up, you know, and gives somebody direction. Now, what, what's interesting is, is you have in Genesis, in, the, in this case, you have instances where a man does those sorts of things and is later identified as an angel in some way. And so scholars look at this episode with Joseph, like what's this guy, just this random guy doing out in the middle of this desert where Joseph is wandering around looking for his brothers and the flocks. And he just so happens to run into this guy and the guy just so happens, you know, to know where his brothers are. Well, yeah, that could be a, a man, mm -hmm. but again, because of these other episodes, you have to wonder, right? So even in scripture, you don't always get clarity. And again, I think that's sort of paradigmatic for our own lives. You know, we may suspect that, well, okay, that could have been a guy or 
maybe that was a little bit more, um, you know, where we're just not sure. So I think it's, it's just like, you know, what, what we see in those sorts of passages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, all I can say is I get it. You know, I totally get it. I could, I could say a lot of different well, stuff, you sh- but you should get it because just the one story you you told me, you know, Oh, I, yeah, I do. I get it. There's, it's just, uh, you just, we're not alone. No, we're not. <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, everybody, Dr. Michael Heiser has a ton of great books. And uh, go ahead, tell everybody where they can hear you. You got your own show. You could do that because sure. there's like people leaving lots of questions. But I want to respect your time because that's important. Yeah, my my homepage is dr, as in Dr. MSH. Those are my initials. So drmsh.com. That's sort of the nerve center. You can get, you know, links to the books and the podcast. I do have a podcast that's been running five years or so. You know, we, we just crossed, you know, five million, you know, downloads. So it's, it's been out a while. And that's the Naked Bible Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the URL, nakedbiblepodcast.com. Uh, you know, please, you know, stop by and give us a listen. I think you'll, you'll learn something. And hey, if, if you're not learning anything by the podcast you listen to, why are you listening? You know, it's either entertainment or, you know, learn something. And hopefully we do a little bit of both. But the books you can get on Amazon. You know, they're all on Amazon. Just put my last name into the search field. and You'll find me, H-E-I-S-E-R. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. And are you working on anything new? There will be a, a demons book coming out. Uh, I, it's actually already done. Um, I don't know when they're going to release it. Uh, that's again, that's out of my hands. Uh, who knows? Who knows what they're thinking? <laughs> my first thought was probably around Halloween. That's probably what yeah. Well, do. you know, but... I think if we if we said that loudly enough, someone would pick up that thread. Yeah. So you 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 may see that, but um, I have another uh, little book that'll come out. It'll it'll probably be out in a week or two okay. that I'm doing myself called "What Does God Want." And it's a it's a discipleship book uh, aimed at it's, it's aimed at new believers or people who are you know, just seeking, but it sort of helps it, it presents the gospel and it presents discipleship and sort of seeds those things with certain other points of doctrine, namely of the unseen world, to sort of prepare people for a book like Supernatural, which is again for the layperson. Unseen realm is for someone who has a good a decent amount of Bible under their belt. Um, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of your audience, they would just go right, you know, to unseen realm, mm-hmm. but that's going to appear very shortly. Cool. Well, I will definitely check that out and, uh, thank you for being my guest. I I'm honored and, um, congratulations on another hit book. I think that's awesome. Thank you. Right in time for yep. Christmas. Hey, you guys, this makes a great Christmas gift, by the way, you should get it for all your friends, right? Absolutely. All right. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, everybody. Hey, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in here. It reminds you that uh, we have a sponsor. I don't know if you're aware of that. If you're new to the show, our sponsor is Ariel Ministries. And uh, Ariel has actually given us a... um, um, a great Bible study to give away every every month to uh, our listeners. This month, in particular, the Bible study is called Satanology. Yeah, coming from angels, the good stuff to to the 
Satanology to basically the study of Satan. So if you guys want that, it's a 37-page uh, free Bible study. You can actually download it over at BibleNewsRadio.com. And you can uh, learn from Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, who is a you know, Hebraic scholar as well. He's a Messianic Jewish believer. Uh, we have that there. Um, we did have some of these books, but we're, they're all, we're sold out, just so you know. So we don't have Dr. Heiser's book anymore because they're all gone. You guys ate them up before we could, well, before I could go like that. They were all taken up. But we do have, uh, if you're interested in supporting our show in any way, we also have this little package. We got two more of these left. This is the Fearless Prayer Book by Dr. Uh, Craig Hazen from Biola University. And this book uh, Doug, by Doug Hershey called The Christian's Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel. Both of these together for $15 if you don't donate at our regular website. Uh, BibleNewsRadio.com. You can just go hit give, say, give me the Israel package, and we'll get both of these to you as soon as possible. Or if you just want this book, the Israel book, I have plenty of these. I got more more of these. I got a lot of these. And if you want this just for $9, we'll go ahead and send that to you for $9. Okay? So there is that. And what else? Am I forgetting anything? Yes. Ariel Ministries has a wonderful online Bible courses. If you go to arielcourses.com, you can go there if you want to get more into Bible study stuff. Uh, then go there. You can sign up for the courses. You can watch them right here uh, online, which is totally the best way, in my opinion, to go to school. <laughs> no gas travel. You just have to have good internet. Uh, you can take these classes at your leisure and, um, and get some good theological stuff. You know, that's one of the things about Dr. Heiser's book that, um, you, you're not going to read a fluffy book, people. I'm just going to say that right now. Those of you who already bought it from us, I just want you to know this book is is theologically rich. You guys are going to have word studies throughout this thing, uh, and you're going to you're going to look at things like you never looked at them before. I was actually telling him before the show that I've learned a lot, and he was like, "Good," because <laughs> if you're not learning anything, what was the point of writing that book? You know, because uh, you know, because because uh, you should you should learn something when you write a book. I mean, books like this in particular. So there you have it. Did you want to say something? Um, yeah, it, I do want to it say looked something. like, see, I know my husband so well, I just see him from here up mm -hmm. and I can just look at his eyeballs and tell he wants to say something. So, well, you should be able to see the um, pre preview monitor and this book, John is $12, but actually it was $12, but I'm all sold out. I don't have any more to sell. Um, but on Amazon, it's just, it's almost 14. So you can get it. It's a hardback or you can get the Kindle version, which is cheaper. So. But the other books that I was talking about, these these books, this one is nine dollars, the, the Israel one. Together, these are fifteen, and I don't have any more of the these, so I'm out of those. I think I'm pretty sure I'm I'm out of them. So. Yeah, yeah, we ran out of time with Dr. Heiser, and I know there were a lot of questions coming in still. I, you yeah. were monitoring Periscope. I was watching Facebook over here. Yeah, and I I'm, I'm no Dr. Heiser or Dr. Anything. I don't even play one on TV. <laughs> but uh, Carter Reese, a while back. Well, uh, I, I could say something that about you playing doctor, but... <laughs> okay, that's all right. Um, 
could, but it doesn't mean that you should. That doesn't, you know, that's that's an adult-rated subject. All right, but... <laughs> Sorry. But over on... I couldn't resist. That's just, that was just too easy to walk into. You could have, anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, over on uh, Facebook, uh, Carter Reese had asked, addressed to Michael, says, Michael, do you think the book of Revelation works... Uh, works sort of the same way as dreams do. Do you think people really know the interpretation of Revelation? Or will we look back in the future and say, wow, that was what it meant? And I, I would say exactly, that's my position, is that we have all these different views on Revelation, the, the preterist view and all this, and some will say, oh, it was fulfilled in the first century and this this Roman emperor and all that, but okay, well, that fits that, but what about a third of the sea and a third of the trees going and all that, and a third of the water, and none of that happened during the first, or any time in human history. And so there are a lot of things that while, you know, a particular interpretation may match this part, it certainly doesn't match some of the other things. And so I think, yes, on this side of it, just as before the first coming of Messiah, you know, born in Bethlehem, okay, he'll be called a Nazarene, not of Egypt I've called my son. And as Dr. Heiser was saying, all those sort of splintered views of Messiah were there on purpose. Uh, as, as he mentioned out, as Paul said, you know, had they understood, they would not crucify the Lord of glory. So God kind of has his plans. But if we knew what they were, you know, day, time, and place, you know, and location uh, beforehand, we would do something to mess it up. So I think Book of Revelation is there, the the revelation of Yeshua, HaMashiach, to Yohanan, uh, that um, it's there saying, okay, these are the things that are coming, these things are going down, but it's like so many of people, oh, it's coming on this day, and, you know, the Lord returns on this day, so let's, you know, let's eat, drink, and be merry until... You know, Friday, 2027, 3 o'clock, and then we'll go out and we'll be ready for his return. No, the the message is to be ready. Yeah, I think when the things, just like the first coming Messiah, we look back on all that, just like Yeshua walking with the two disciples to Emmaus, and he, from beginning from Moses, you know, he explained to all the, all the things concerning himself. And their response, oh, did not our hearts burn within us when he talked with us on the road? Um, you know, in, in retrospect, it's like, wow, that's that's amazing. And as we look back in the Old Testament now, same way, that's how I know the things in Revelation are future, because if they'd been fulfilled, we would be able to look at them and say, oh yeah, that was fulfilled here, that was fulfilled here. Yeah, that makes sense now, but there's so many different opinions, that tells me that, no, it's still future. Because... If it had been passed, it'd be certain we'd know it was fulfillment of Scripture, just like every past prophecy was fulfilled uh, precisely. Anyway, long answer, but yeah, I think, yes, we'll look back and we'll say, oh, wow, yeah, that that's what it meant. I'll be quiet now. <laughs> uh, okay, hey, I want to read a couple of other... Uh comments that came in for the angel story because i think some of you will find these these um these um this exciting okay because uh coach mo who's a good friend of ours uh she actually wrote this listen to this you guys okay um she wrote okay so my question was have you ever encountered an angel so she wrote yes when i was eight months pregnant with my youngest 
we were at a festival out at an outdoor arena. There was construction going on one way in or out. There was a well-known music group attending and it got very crowded. So we decided to leave. It was me, my hubby and our three kids. It was so crowded. My husband took our three-year-old and put him on his shoulders. I took the stroller. Uh, He took the older two who were 16 and 12. We got separated This thing just popped in my way. Get out of there. Okay. We got separated and I was alone. I was being pushed and almost falling in the crowd. I started screaming, I'm pregnant. Please help me. The stroller was pushing against my stomach. The stroller accidentally hit a man who was drinking and he turned to punch me in the face. All of a sudden, a very small man grabbed him and said, don't touch her. I feel like I'm acting this out. Like I have. (laughs) Anyway. I turned and a woman touched my shoulder and said, run, honey. I said, I'm pregnant and I can't get through. She said, I know. Touched my shoulder again and the crowd opened enough for me to get out quickly. I turned to thank her and both she and that man were gone. To this day, the song Kryptonite makes me emotional as that was the song playing while this happened. that cool or what? That's a cool story. So, um... And let's see here. And then another one, Denise said, let's see here. Denise wrote, uh, yes, actually it was our son that had the encounter and we watched his interaction. He had had a massive head injury when he was three, three years old, fell out of our second story window and landed upside down on pavement. Uh, He had four fractures around the top of his head, an open head wound, and his nose was torn from his face. Wow, that's crazy. Ouch. His chin tissue was torn away from the jaw. He had a broken jaw and a broken orbital. He was in pediatric ICU, and things were not looking good due to swelling on the brain. He was put on monitors, and he was in a lot of pain. They were withholding pain meds due to the injury to the brain. About 3 a.m., he sat bolt upright, Looked to the corner of the room, was reaching out, and he kept saying, Angels, angels. We looked at the corner of the room, although we could not see them visibly, and said out loud, Thank you for being here. We give God all the glory and praise. We knew there were multitudes praying for us. It did not surprise us at all that they were there. Our son laid back. He went into a deep sleep. All the monitors calmed down. We knew that either this was going to be a healing time or a time for our son to be called to glory. We said our thanks to God for what he chooses to be best. A few hours later, there was a flurry of activity in our son's room. The doctor said he couldn't believe it. The scans were coming back that made all, that made all scratch their heads. No more broken jaw. No more broken orbital. The swelling was draining off the brain naturally without a shunt. While he did look at me, he had gone 10 rounds in the boxing ring with his face all puffy, eyes swollen, shut black and blue. As the hours progressed, it was clear that healing had and was taking place. So there you go. That's a pretty good story. I mean, that's awesome. If I, I mean, seriously, that, that's just, you know, that's God at work. Just so you know. And I'm going to see here. And for me, I actually had, I've had a couple of angelic stories taking place. In fact, for me, probably the, the one more, um, that my first one 
was when, and this is a really cool thing. Hey, Judy, nice to see you over there. Um, I, I had just gotten saved and I was, um, uh, I was about 14 years old when this took place. Really, Tuggy Bear? Are you dying? Just lay down. Okay, that's my dog. He's hungry. But anyway, so I was about 14 years old. I had just gotten saved. I was radically saved. I mean, radically, as you guys probably could figure out. I was <laughs> it was very obvious I was saved. Anyway, long story short, uh, one evening, my mother and I, I was raised in a pretty abusive home, as you guys know, and uh, my mother and I had had a fight, and I went to bed, and I was crying, and I cried myself to sleep because I usually did that a lot, especially growing up. And just feeling really down, suicidal, like I wanted to die. Um, but I knew I wouldn't die, but I wanted to. Is that deep, dark of depression that I felt. And it was about 1.10 in the morning, I was awoken by a light. And what's interesting about this is that, you know, my initial thought was, oh, you know, my mom, she stayed up late. So she actually cracked the door open and the light from the hallway came in. That's, that was what I thought it was. Maybe she was looking in on me or something. So I looked, I you can picture this. Okay. I'm 14. I have a twin bed. Okay. A twin bed. Cause I was just a kid when this took place. I look up and I look over to the left cause that's where the door was. And the door was shut. But then I look and there at the end of my bed is an angel. And it was huge, massively big. Now, here's the thing that gets that's kind of weird about it is I actually was initially scared when I saw it because I didn't know what it was. I couldn't see very clearly because I wore glasses. And I didn't have my glasses on and I'd just woken up out of a sleep. Um, but what I could see was it was huge. It was about as wide as my bed. It was huge. It was just this big, glowing, huge being. And at first, I thought it was the Lord. I thought it was Jesus. But, but I was a baby believer, and I thought, no, well, no, it can't be, can't be him. I think this is an angel, Why not? huh? Why not? I don't know. It maybe it was, but I still think it was an angel. But I remember to this day, and this is the, the amazing part about this. I remember going seeing it, I can still see it in my mind's eye all these years later, and going, oh. And all of a sudden, the whole room filled up with the Holy Spirit's presence. Those of you who have ever felt the Holy Spirit's presence, you know what I'm talking about. And I leaned back, and I went ahead, and I fell asleep. The next morning, this is where it gets interesting. <clears throat> the next morning, I woke up. I was no longer depressed. I didn't have uh, any suicidal feelings at all. I was even more on fire for the Lord. And I remember getting up and I went out, I actually told my mother, I said, hey, mom, last night I saw an angel. And then she went on to tell me all these weird things about stuff that she had seen. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Because I was a baby believer, though, um, I got on my bike. <laughs> So long. So I was on my bike. So I got on my bike. I rode down to my neighbor's house, my my neighbor Renee, and her dad. I I said to Renee, I said, Hey Renee, I gotta talk to your dad. I said, I got. I had this experience. I I saw an angel last night. She's like, Oh, my dad sees him all the time. I said, Really? And she said, Yeah. And I said, 
okay, well, can I go in and talk to him? And so he said, sure. So I go into his house, into her house, into their house. And Jim, that was his name, he sits, he sits me down. And he said, well, tell me what happened. And I said, okay. So I explained the whole situation. And again, the Holy Spirit fell on me. I could feel God's presence. I was like, okay, this is clearly the Lord, you know. So I was telling Jim what happened. <clears throat> and Jim was a long-haul truck driver. So Jim actually told me, he said, he said that definitely sounds like an angelic visitation for sure. And he said, did it say anything to you? I said, I said, what do you mean? Did this angel say anything to me? And he said, well, angels are messengers from God. They usually come to give you a message. You know, I said, nope, he didn't say anything to me. He just was there. And then I felt peace and I fell back to sleep. And he said, okay, well, next time it happens, ask, you know, say I'm, I'm your servant, you know, you know, I'm listening, whatever it is you want to tell me. And I said, okay. <laughs> so, so long story short, that has actually happened three times to me. And each time it has been uh, when I've been really struggling and really in a really bad place. And only one time did I actually have a word literally given to me. And that was the word mercy. Uh, and it was such an interesting experience that uh, Randall and I actually had the word mercy put on a bowling ball because it was during a time when we were <laughs> bowling a lot. <laughs> Can you guys hear my dog? I'm sorry. He's just like, <laughs> anyway, um, so I believe in angels. I've had a couple of, you know, very powerful experiences with them and, um, never a bad one, you know, never a experience where it has been, you know, they're, you know, demonic or anything. I've always had, you know, God's protection over me. So with that said, you know, we need to end the show. Tomorrow is free for all Friday. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, um, you know, kind of catch up on some of the news of the week because it was a big election week, as we know. Also, I want to share with you that Mia Chapa is coming over to our house this week and actually tomorrow from Ohio. And Saturday, we're going to baptize Mia. Where? We don't know yet. <laughs> but we're going to. Uh, and so you're all invited to uh, come to the baptism of Mia because Mia has been watching our show and uh, basically has grown in her faith as a Christian and wants to get baptized. Um, so we're going to be doing that on Saturday. So if you want to be notified of Mia's baptism and uh, be a part of that on Saturday, probably afternoon, Saturday afternoon, most likely, uh, then join our text message list or somehow get in touch with me because uh, we're going to try to live stream it. Uh, we're not sure yet if it's going to be in a river, freezing cold river or, or a swimming pool. So we'll figure, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, but um, congratulations to Mia for making that decision. So it's going to be cool. So we'll see you tomorrow. Remember, everybody, be bold, stand up, go with God, because he loves you. And he loves us enough that he sent angels to watch over us and to, uh, you know, give us more encouragement and hope. So go get the book, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.